Welcome to Because That's What Heroes Do, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As you know from prior episodes, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and I are huge MCU fans. So we've decided to do the MCU movie oeuvre. That's right. We're going to do all of the MCU movies in this special podcast series. Over this series, we will take a look at the storylines, some of the cookies and other cool things. We'll describe the great action scenes from each um, episode, and then we'll take a look at issues raised by each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will take things from the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you will enjoy In this episode, we focus on Scarlett Johansson in Black Widow. Because That's What Heroes Do is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. As you know from prior episodes, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and I are huge MCU fans. So we've decided to do the MCU movie oeuvre That's right. We're going to do all of the MCU movies in this special podcast series. Over this series, we will take a look at the storylines, some of the cookies and other cool things. We'll describe the great action scenes from each um, episode, and then we'll take a look at issues raised by each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will take things from the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you will enjoy. In this episode, we take up The Black Widow. I know you will enjoy it. If you haven't done so, check out the first 15 episodes of Popcorn and Compliance, the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Popcorn and Compliance. Go back and check them out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first live show of the MCU universe on Popcorn and Compliance, where myself, Tom Fox, uh, the voice of compliance, and Megan Doherty, the co-founder of One Stone Creative, are back with a new challenge, which is we're going to review the entire MCU on Popcorn and Compliance. Why? Well, because, number one, it's there, but number two, and even more, well, actually three reasons, I think, <laughs> Megan. Two, we're both MCU Uber geeks, but mm-hmm. three, it gives us a chance to have a long and fun conversation that I hope you will join in with us. So we're reviewing the films in chronological order, uh, not by release date, and today it is Black Widow. Mm-hmm. So welcome. I'm your co-host, Tom Fox. Co-founder or founder of the Compliance Podcast Network and the voice of compliance. And I'm Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about Black Widow. Although I think, Tom, maybe this is not one of your favorite in the MCU universe. Uh, you know, upon re-watching, it became less bad. <laughs> uh, I thought it was terrible the first time I saw it. and But a re-watching, it became less bad. I'm not sure mm-hmm. it's ever going to rise to good, but it's certainly, um, and I think part of the reason, um, I thought it was so bad to start with is the, what I saw as the degradation and frankly, violation of women and young girls really disturbed me. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of this. And it's very open and frank about it. And in rewatching it, um, what I was able to focus those parts on is how it changed the character of the girls who became women who'd been subjected to that treatment. So um, that really took away one of the concerns I had or, or one of the reasons I really disliked it. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, on the second viewing, um, I saw much more of the relationship of the two sisters. And uh, I have a sister, so uh, I have some appreciation of what sisters are like, (laughs) particularly irritating little sisters. And uh, so I saw a bit more of that. Um, I'm still not sure about really Natasha's whole backstory, because what I can't really get my head around, and maybe you'll have some insights, Megan, is how she went from the Black Widow to an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know it was around Bucharest. Uh, we know the attack now, uh, which she had to do to, to demonstrate she was ready to defect. The consequences of the attack resonated many years later and indeed were horrible. Um, but I'm just not clear how she became a good guy. She did, but, um, so those are some of my initial thoughts. How about you? Uh, well, I think one of the, the, I mean, I agree. It's not one of the top, uh, Marvel movies. I I think I, I liked it on my first watching. I'd been waiting for the Black Widow movie for, for quite a long time. Um, and mostly it was, it was fun. I mean, it was, it was a fun movie kind of in in the same way almost that, you know, Ant-Man was or Guardians were. It's a little less... Big bad superhero. There's so much uh, comedy in between the relationship with the family was really really good, and uh, you know examining that backstory of uh, of Black Widow and Black Widow program, I thought was really interesting, and it was nice to kind of get that that filled in information about how Black Widow came to be, um, and I think to your point about uh, how she became a good guy, she graduated the Red Room before the real mind control, before the drug-assisted mind control happened, and she was merely brainwashed as a child, um, and, you know, so was able to maybe make evaluations and make judgments and start to realize, like, oh, wait, maybe, you know, being a paid uh, on-demand assassin for um, secret communists is a terrible thing, uh, and and what I liked a lot about this was it was a really small thing, but finally understanding the Budapest reference that she and uh, uh, Clint or Hawkeye were always talking about, I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, and just the, I, I too have a little sister uh, and watching <laughs> them interact was marvelous. And how awesome is Florence Pugh as Yelena? She's hilarious. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie on first watching. I enjoyed it more on second watching. Um, and I think the whole family dynamic, not just between the sisters, but between, um, you know, the, the red guardian and iron maiden as well was, was pretty fantastic. Well, uh, you definitely uh, give it higher marks than I do. Um, <laughs> the, uh, a couple of other things, more insights I got, uh, as I watched it the second time, uh, the first was in, this may have been as um, a dramatic an influence on the daughters as anything was the entire uh, family in the United States. It was everything was false about, mm-hmm. you know, they were a plant. Uh, they were uh, not Russian Soviet agents uh, because this was when the Soviet Union yeah. still existed. And that was probably the greatest fear of, of we Americans that they would, in uh, you know, it wasn't ISIS and it wasn't uh, mm-hmm. the hordes from Mexico. It was the Soviets. Yeah. And they're living among us. 
And uh, when the revolution came, they would rise up and cut off all their throats. And uh, it turns out that was true, at least in this movie. But to to be taken uh, from your mother or, as we now know, sold by your mother and then put in this family and then put in the Black Widow program, even if it was an early version of it, um, that would seriously mess you up. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I think... That's yeah, real good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so kind of lots of issues there uh, going on. <laughs> Um, the father, uh, he was, he, uh, uh, does the word doofus translate to Canadian? Uh, it It does. I think it does. I think it's appropriate. He was just, uh, an idiot. Um, I think, think, I'd say he was fully taken in by the propaganda of his upbringing. Well, I was going to say he was fully (laughs) taken in by the propaganda of himself. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he was the Soviet equivalent to Captain America. Mm-hmm. And and at that point he was. And you, you see the opening scene where he does some fairly dramatic um, physical activities and then uh, he shoots up basically a twenty two rifle and, and takes out an entire shield team um, while on the wing of a plane. Uh, very impressive shooting as someone who has shot a twenty two from the prone position at a stationary <laughs> target. Um, all of that was pretty cool. Um, and I guess, I, let's see, we're seven minutes into this recording <laughs> and we have not yet talked about the pose and that, uh, probably that will be the one thing this movie will be remembered for. And, and I say, would say rightly so. And, uh, I mean, the whole setup with little sister saying, oh, you do this. And then the throwing of the hair and then her doing it. Uh, oh, when she did know, it later, she tried it out and she's like, oh, that was disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just love the pose. Uh, and that, that was very cool. Um, well, and I then think, and course, just about that though, that, that brought up a really interesting point that, you know, I don't think of it very much uh, is that Natasha Black Widow, as well as the other Avengers are celebrities as well as being superheroes. They have fans and they have an image, uh, which is something, you know, Yelena totally wouldn't have experienced as a secret assassin. So that was kind of an interesting way to, to shine a little light on the fact that they're public figures, uh, in, in a really serious way in the universe. Right. Right. Um, could we say a few words about the taskmaster? Uh, because I found her uh, a much more sympathetic character on the second viewing. Mm-hmm. And the taskmaster was Dreykov's daughter, who was uh, uh, um, believed to have been killed when um, Natasha tried to kill Dreykov. It turned out she was horribly injured. Mm-hmm. Only horribly injured, I should say. Um, but they put her, basically made her a cyborg and made her a uh, killing machine and uh, with some very uh, super, super powers. Really cool. <laughs> uh, and it was very cool. And um, But at the end, uh, you know, she began to get her memories back. And that's a theme we see of a lot of cyborgs. Uh, I'm watching Halo right now. On CBS, and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cyborg gets memories back. And why that intrigues me so much, Megan, is um, whenever I see uh, the story of a robot who wants to become human, I think of Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. It's the little puppet who wants to be a little boy. And I see the same theme literally from 
700 years ago today. But this is not that. This is the cyborg. This is the robot who wants to become, um, go back to the way they were. Uh, so it's a little bit of reverse, but it's a, it's a clear theme in, in sci-fi tropes, uh, but I thought they played it off uh, very well here. And then um, maybe uh, the la- uh, before or, or, or before your next kind of series of comments, what did you think about the way they set up the Hawkeye series in this movie? Because this movie was made, I think, in 2015, but delayed mm-hmm. release until last year, and unfortunately after the Hawkeye series. No, right before the Hawkeye series. And uh, it was, um, did you think that they tied that to the Hawkeye series enough, or because it was delayed so long, it really didn't work? We're going to take a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with more. Yeah, we knew that information. Yeah, I haven't actually watched the Hawkeye series yet, so I'm not sure how the the interrelationship because I know Elena's in it, and I know they set it up at the end with Valentina, um, you know, giving Elena the chance to kind of get revenge on on Clint. I guess Elena not knowing the whole backstory. Um, but I mean, I think it sets it up as well as they set up a lot of tie-ins in the past with with kind of the stingers at the end. Um, I'm mostly just super excited to get more Florence Pugh. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch her again. So I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But thematically, I, I don't have a, a good idea of how that fits in yet. Ask me again after I've watched Hawkeye. All right. Which I assume so, we'll be talking about here. <laughs> so what uh, what were some of the uh, cookies you liked or struck you? Uh, one of the ones, uh, there, there were a couple that I, I really liked. One about the Taskmaster um, is how she didn't just take, like, so the whole the way the Taskmaster worked was watching videos and learning the fighting styles of the, the people she was going to be fighting. And she got Natasha's fighting styles as well. But she also must have been trained on other Avengers fights because she took Cap's uh, shield step catch move and I think uh, some one of Bucky's knife drop catch moves. So she was like up to date on all of the Avengers fighting, uh, which I thought was really, really cool and fun to watch. Uh, and then a little bit about uh, the Red Guardian, who I, I loved. Um, he was just such a fun character. So sincere but incompetent um, in this this really delightful, relatable way. The Karl Marx knuckle tattoos. I'm going to guess he never actually read Karl Marx. But uh, just great. And on his other tattoos, um, I think I saw uh, Natasha and Elena on one uh, arm and then... Um, Mother, I may not know her name. I can't remember at the moment uh, on his chest. So I thought that that was kind of nice. You know, he talks big and tough and about you know the state. But no, he 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 liked his family. He liked them a lot. And uh, uh, Florence or or Yelena with the vest that she thought was so cool uh, with all the pockets, and then she knew Natasha really liked it too. Natasha was wearing that uh, vest in Infinity War. She kept it. So that, right. that my heart. <laughs> yeah. All in all, um, I thought it was a really fun movie and just the sister relationship was fantastic and the i wish they'd gone a little more with the commentary like i don't think they really fully did black widow justice with the film um i think there could have been a second one maybe like the in between the end of black widow that we saw and how she became blonde uh there's a good two weeks in there that we don't have so that could be another movie so i'm I'm hoping that happens um but yeah generally uh good movie lots of fun i really enjoyed the jokes uh, I want the next Black Widow to be Bucharest. 
Yes. I want to see it. I want to hear it. I want to feel it because Clint went there to kill her and he didn't. And well, he turned her. That's even more valuable. Right, right. And, uh, and I think I want, he did it because he's a dad. Story. He's a yeah. dad. In his heart, he's a dad. And he cannot see a lost human without being like, no, I'm going to dad you. Um, <laughs> before I get to my Easter eggs, I want to talk about, for me, which was the most uncomfortable part, which was um, the hysterectomy that they mm. performed on the Black Widows. And the um, forced hysterectomies, uh, for those who I haven't made it clear how uncomfortable this was. And um, is do you think that added to the story, took away from the story, was a necessary part of the story? Or I really just wanted to get, how, how did you feel when you heard that? Um, well, I, mean, I knew it was part of the graduation from the Red Room. Um, and... Um, taking on the mindset of an evil, you know, assassin building bad guy. It's very sensible. Um, you, you don't want your assassins to develop attachments that would prevent them from being on mission. And from everything I've heard about having children, you, you're quite fond of them and they take up a lot of your attention. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, sensible. And I think from a, a, perspective of what that might do to you know, a person who would expect to have reproductive capabilities. Um, yeah, it would, it would help to humanize them. Um, so from a bad guy perspective, great move. Um, from an individual human to whom this happened perspective, um, I think that could go a lot of different directions. I think some people it would affect really, really seriously. Some people would probably care a lot less. Um, the, I think individual experience of that, um, the involuntary is the big problem, I think more than the you know, hysterectomy. Um, I like when they addressed it in the movie uh, and when the Red Guardian makes this awful joke, so your time of your mouth, no, no, this is what happens when you get an involuntary hysterectomy with the organs and the cutting up and the removing. That was so good. She was about to talk about fallopian tubes and he interrupted her. Um, so I think it really varies <laughs> on, you know, how the individual felt about their own ability and desire to reproduce. Um, but having been trained up from being a very young child, um, would there even be an expectation that you would get that kind of normal part of human existence? I don't know. So I, I didn't like, yes, bad objectively a terrible thing to do. Um, but I mean, there's a law like involuntary sterilization happens a lot in the world. Um, not just in the movies to, to black widows. You know, when that scene started and um, he made that comment, I thought it was going to go in a different direction because that is just, the most infantile, classic male <laughs> line. She responds. Uh, unfortunately, I've said that. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, it's been a long time, but you know, uh, I heard that, and uh, that's just uh, when he said that. I thought, oh my god, you know, here we are in, in 2021, and we're gonna have to listen to that same line. And then it went in a different direction. <laughs> but uh, when he first said that, I just thought, oh my god, here we go again. <laughs> Is it your time? <laughs> uh, a little sensitive. So, yeah, um, smart dudes don't ask. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I had a couple of cookies I wanted to mm -hmm. share, and they were around music. Um, the first one was in the opening sort of cre uh, scenes and credits, they show the capture of various and kidnapping of various girls from their mothers to take them to uh, the Red Room and make them Black Widows. Oh, like they had yeah, the, kind of the horrible training montage. 
Right. And it was uh, done to Smells Like Teen Spirit. Great cover of it. Uh, yeah, and a great cover. cover. And it really worked. Um, the second was, uh, going back 20 years back from that, was American Pie. Mm-hmm. And anytime I can hear American Pie, I'm going to sing along. Time. And uh, <laughs> so whether it's in a bar or on a movie. Uh, so uh, I thought those were uh, a particularly cool. Uh, you know, I've mentioned the pose. And then the um, the other one was a very minor character uh, who was the supplier. Uh, he mm-hmm. was Nick Mason. Was great. And uh, yeah, and he he could get anything given enough time. And I would love to see him uh, pop up again in the MCU somewhere because um, he was British. So he had that kind of British wit mm-hmm. and uh, or at least he was uh, speaking with an English accent. So uh, I thought that was uh, very cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, his relationship with with Natasha was great too because plainly they've known each other for a long time. They've worked together for a long time, and uh, that, that it's it's nice to see her having friends and relationships outside of just the Avengers. Yes, yes, uh, excellent point. So, uh, Megan, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope uh, our listeners will join us again for our next episode of Popcorn and Compliance, the MCU series. Thank you for uh, joining me again today, Tom. This is a lot of fun. And for everyone watching, next time we are going to be back to talk about Black Panther. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Because That's What Heroes Do. As Megan said, our next episode, we were going to take up Black Panther. I'd also like to tell you about a special podcast series that has premiered on the Compliance Podcast Network, The Corruption Files. In The Corruption Files, I'm joined by Hughes Hubbard partner Mike DeBernardis, and we take a deep dive into some of the most interesting FCPA and international anti-corruption enforcement actions over the past 15 years, which have really created the modern era of FCPA and anti-corruption enforcement. Check out The Corruption Files on the Compliance Podcast Network, Megaphone, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Because That's What Heroes Do is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.